Spotlight on Grace listeners. This is the Spotlight on Grace podcast, where we're focusing on what's happening at Grace Church and how God's grace is making a difference in our lives. I'm your host, Burr Bolton, and this is episode number 15, and I'll introduce our guest in just a second, but Pastor Tanya's here with me again today. Hello. We're so glad that you always join us in here. always fun to be here. Yeah, because you're you're an awesome co-host. Um, and partner in not in crime. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I wanted to tell you guys about um, a really fun thing that's coming up starting on May the 31st, and we're calling it the Summer of Testimonies. Normally, we release an episode every other Monday, but we're actually going to be releasing them every Monday all summer long. And maybe then some. And maybe. Yeah. Maybe past summer. Right. Or, well, maybe more than one a week. Oh, yes. We may have some bonuses. Yeah, That's right. And Tanya, you want to tell them what it's about? Like it kind of says it in the name, Summer of Testimonies. Yeah. So we've invited some of our Grace Church folks and uh, that we already kind of know their story mm-hmm. and we know they have a great testimony. I know there are a lot more testimonies out there that we don't know about yet. Yes. But we're going to kick off with some of these. Um, just asking people to come and tell how they came to know the Lord where they've seen God work along the way and what he's doing in their life right now. And I think they're going to be great stories. And I'm really excited because the goal and the plan is that the first kickoff episode will be some very pre-recorded yes. um, footage from Mr. Herschel Curry. That's that, right. That we That's got right. from before Just he passed away. Just a little teaser because yes. you want to hear his testimony, and it's going to be fun yeah. to get to hear from him since we don't get to hear his voice regularly well, anymore. Him, but it's been so, fun. So we're yes. looking forward to all the great stories. Yes. So in a few weeks, you're going to want not want to miss any of the episodes coming out because it's going to be stories from people you go to church with, and I love the power of people's stories. So um, we're excited for that. But I'm also excited for today. Although I feel a little less cool sitting in the room with these official professional musicians. You feel like you're kind of fangirling? Like, Ooh, No, not here. quite like that. Okay, Just okay. like they oh, may, bad, they may talk about something that, that I don't cool. even know. Right. I did bring my sharp right. Okay, uh, If I need to sign anything. So, um, Tanya, you want to introduce who's here today? <laughs> you want to You want to introduce who our professional music, musical people are here yes. in the studio with us today? So today we have Philip Noel, um, who is a professional bass player. Although I don't think we ever get to see you play bass at Grace Church because you're doing lots of other things and we have yeah. some other bass players, but Philip yeah. can play every instrument. So yes. Yes. You'll hear more about that. And then we have Mike Kyle. Hello. Who is a professional. I don't even know what, like I think everything musical professional he may have done in not, some not really we'll find out in some way shape or form he's usually our keys guy when he's here and in town along with some other great keyboard players that we have here but right. um burr had a fabulous idea to talk to these guys because they are really real professional musicians who get paid for real to go for real. and play music that's right and we used to be on tour yeah right. when, when yes. people toured we and were maybe, there maybe coming again yeah. soon Maybe, yeah. hopefully. I, hope I know so. these guys are hoping so. for it because yeah. that's been a big lifestyle change. But I'm since sure. they're not on tour, they're here with us. That's right. We're so we're so glad that you guys <laughs> right. would, would join us. You know, you didn't have to get on a tour bus to come here, yes. but we're glad you're here anyways. <laughs> well, we're happy did, to be here. I did ride in a limo here. You did? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Impressive. I told them to keep it at exactly 72 degrees. I'm not nice. really sure if I believe that. Did you check the <laughs> parking lot? We'll go look after. My, car, my wife my, drove me here. So <laughs> Your car wife? Yeah, no, I said my wife drove me oh, here. Oh, she said your car was. That is cool. <laughs> I'm driving a car that is called a venue. So oh. I figured if I can't tour, I can at least be still in a venue. Yeah, there, you go. Go. I there you go. There you go. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm just going to throw questions out and you guys answer them. I'm not going to say Philip answer or Mike answer. I'm just going to throw them out and you guys 
however you want to. Whoever Bring wants it to go on, first, Mike. okay? No, I'm pointing to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw this one to my to yeah. Philip. There we go. So, um, when did you first discover your love for music? I'm assuming you love music, but when did you first discover? I was six years old, and I was at the movie theater. The first movie I ever saw was Star Wars, the first original one. Okay. 1977. That theme music came on, and I was like... You were hooked. Like, what is that? Yeah. Wow. Caught your attention. That's and that's a- when I knew I liked music. Nice. Awesome. Uh, I think uh, the real love of music was developed around the time that movie School of Rock came out with Jack Black. <laughs> nice. Both of you have movie stories yeah. about movie this. Stories. That's, and I was like, tracks. wow, these kids are playing musical instruments. I was like, I could be that. Because I think I was that age. I was like, you know, sixth grade or whatever. And I was like, I want to play guitar. Did and I got involved with the church worship band, and there were no bass players. They're like, Do you want to play bass? You could play every Sunday. I'm like, I want to play bass. <laughs> and then I fell in love with bass. Very cool. And yeah, that was like seventh grade. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um. So I don't think our listeners may not know what your profession is because I was just talking to someone in Sunday school class the other day, Philip, and they had no idea that what you did. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't know. So. Um, will you tell us what your profession is and how you got started in the music industry? Listen, there's more questions. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait a second. How you got started, what your profession is, how long you've been oh, doing it, what your roles are. Just tell me, just tell me about it and I'll ask talk these as we bit. go. Yeah. Just talk a little uh, bit about you yourself. Right. Cause I'm very interested as well. There we go. <laughs> Mike's like, I have no idea what you I mean. have no idea. Um, well, currently, uh, my employer is a country artist named Carly Pierce. Yes. Uh, she is a great boss. Uh, she was nominated for four CMAs uh, this past award ceremony, and she's nominated for two or three of the upcoming ACM awards, yeah. which I don't know. When, when is this airing? This two. is airing on May the 3rd. Okay. So by this time, we would have played the ACM Awards, so you can look back and watch. I'll probably be on TV. Oh, Hopefully. so cool. It'll be really embarrassing if it gets canceled. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's weird yeah. talking about the future, <laughs> right? but when it airs, it'll be in the past. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But anyways, yeah, so uh, play bass for Carly. That's all I do. Um, it's great. And previously, mm-hmm. I yeah, know that's a do. further question, but sure. I used to tour manage and play bass, Okay. Uh, so it kind of double dipped. Yeah. Um, did you like a, tour managing? I really did like it, but I really like not doing it now. Yeah. Yeah. Just I was grateful on for the opportunity. I like to be in charge of that aspect of things mm-hmm. just because, you know, I yeah. like, that's me. So how did you yeah. get started in the music industry? Um, when I was at, I went to Trevecca Nazarene University, mm-hmm. graduated with a music degree. And uh, my senior year, I started getting out and playing a little bit meeting mostly Belmont kids and okay. people outside of Trevecca to mm-hmm. get me connected when I graduate. And then that summer, um, people would just throw me like, you know, not very good gigs, just sure. like, Hey, get in a van, drive to nice, you know, 15 hours away for like a hundred dollars, you know, no. uh, you know, so I would be gone for like five days and make like $300 and be exhausted. But you know, um, fortunately like, the drummer on one of that, that summer, actually, I met him. He was, he's now Carly's drummer and tour manager, okay. and he's the one who brought me in. So, yeah. Good deal. Oh, and that's how it works in a lot of professions, but especially right. the music industry. It's who you yeah. know, who brings you in. It really is. And being able, and just saying yes to everything when you first start. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's like the Very best good. advice anyone has ever given me was like, if someone, if you're available and someone asks you to do something, even if it's like 
for $50 or $20, like just say yes because yeah. you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you're only going to be better yeah. from it. So. so you went from 15 hour, $100 gigs, 15 hour van rides, $100 gigs to like now you get on planes and go to the UK yeah. and Australia tours. Yeah. We, and, Tour wow. the tour the world, which is great. We have a tour bus and a driver. I get to sleep while we travel, which I know, is it's great. Amazing. Uh, yeah, and it's like you know, a lot of people say you have to like earn that, and like I feel like I definitely earned it. <laughs> <laughs> so because they're saying like you know, if you just start playing music and you first just get like you get the bus gig and like yeah. all that stuff immediately, yeah, like mm-hmm. nobody respects you. Don't appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, that's in you everything. Struggle so. a little that's bit. everything. I know it's like half Everyone the time needs to struggle. Exactly. Yeah. Half the conversations we have on the bus are just like really bad stories of the past. It's just like, oh man, remember that one time we had a show in Oklahoma City and the next day we were supposed to play a show in New York City and it was twenty four hours away. Like wow. physically wasn't possible. Yeah. yeah. Like those kind of stories. Yeah. Because yeah. you have to pay your dues. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, what about you, Mike? How did you get started in the music industry, and what do you I actually just started, do? Actually, no. no, you've been doing this. You've been doing this how at long? Least, how at least long? Professionally, ten over ten years. Yeah, um, I did it as a hobby, really. You know, right out of high school, mm-hmm. but I always, you know, wanted to do it professionally. Just didn't have any connection. I didn't know, right? Whatever. Uh, me and my brother at the time we were writing our own stuff and had a little Christian rock band. We started in like the nineties. And uh, we were writing stuff. Well, anyways, a, f- a, a friend that I went to high school with, well, he was ahead of me in high school, but I knew him. Mm-hmm. He, was a, he was a good drummer as well. He had already moved to Nashville in the 90s. And we hooked back up with him in, like, the early 2000s. And he listened to the stuff we were working on. And he, he basically was like, you need to get down to Nashville because you're wasting your time mm. up there. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, what am I going to do? I'm, he goes, no, come down here. I'll have you in the industry in two years easily and he was not lying all right (laughs) so by i moved down and we started a little production studio doing demos and stuff i I was good at recording as well and i played on the demos and stuff and then um within a year you know brooks and dunn split up and he this guy played for brooks and dunn played drums for him and in that split up one of the singers was like, I want to record my own record and I don't want to do the Nashville thing. Mm-hmm. I just want to do a simple, let's just record. Can we just record in my barn? And uh, he called Trey and said, do you have any kind of recording equipment? He goes, yeah. And they gave him my number. So I get in this, I've never met Ronnie Dunn before and I'm getting this <laughs> phone call. And he goes, yeah, I was giving your number. Uh, can you just bring over some mics and some stuff? And let's, uh, you know, it's real casual. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't believe this. So I helped him record his first part of his first solo record. And uh, from then on, it was they were like, what are you doing? Do you have a job? I'm like, no, I don't have a job. And they're like, yeah. well, you do now. So Awesome. Yeah, that's great. And yeah. They go, and he was always like, let's keep this guy around. For, you know, And <laughs> I, at the time, uh, the drummer wanted was trying to work me up to get in into the group, but they already had a keyboard player, so they really didn't even – they didn't try me out. They didn't even look at me. Mm-hmm. But it just over time, they became aware that I was also a musician. And um, an opportunity came up in 2015, and they needed a keyboard player. And and um, Ronnie Dunn just calls me up and says, we don't got a keyboard player. You can play, can't you? And I go, yeah. And he goes, all right, you're doing this gig. Well, that gig ended up being filmed and on TV 
and I was not only playing on it, but I was producing it, the mix and everything. I ended Very up mixing cool. the show. I was doing everything, and my name's on the credits, doing the mix and all this stuff. So, I mean, it's like, talk about Bam. just getting thrown into it. <laughs> yeah. But I was kind of in behind the scenes, and then um, and then a few years later, the Brooks and Dunn got back together just recently, and another situation came up. They had another keyboard player they were using, and he... Um, he had to go tour with, he was touring with Brian Setzer as well, and he couldn't make it. And he goes, he goes, hey, man, I'm not going to be able to do these gigs. I'm not going to tell them, and they're going to have to use you. <laughs> so he basically set it up so I would get the goes, you deserve this gig. You should Aww, be playing this awesome. gig. That is awesome. And that's exactly what happens. I, I get this friend call from a manager. We don't got a keyboard player. You, you know how to play, right? Everyone's saying you can play. And I go, I can play, and I don't need a rehearsal. <laughs> and I show up the first gig that I play on I had they didn't even I didn't even get a sound check for my ears I just said give me whatever the last guy whatever his mix was I'll just use it and I had to use his his Set keyboard uh, gear that was there and so I had no rehearsal and and then it was like right when you get into the show you realize oh my gosh I gotta play this one song all by myself we're doing the song Believe and it's all basically B3 organ at the front and guys, well, on this show, they changed up what they were going to do. They decided they're not going to just come in and sing like the record. They're going to stall and they're going to, you know, <laughs> so luckily I do have experience playing at church. Yeah. <laughs> I knew. And, and I noticed other guys wouldn't vamp when, it, when, they, when other guys were playing, they never wouldn't vamp. They would just wait for the count off and then start playing. Well, I knew what, you know, cause I play in church. I know what goes on. I'm that. like, I started setting it up and did a thing. And then after the show, they came and talked to me and said, that was awesome. And you, <laughs> they go, you're, you're, like, you're playing that from That was now the on. Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the That's Lord right. taught me yeah. that in church. Yeah, so <laughs> anyways, got that experience playing at Grace Church here. There That's you right. go. That's right. And I think a lot of people at church don't realize that Mike doesn't only just play keys. He's like a phenomenal audio engineer. Yeah, So for awesome. live sound and recording. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. like Do you play any other instruments, Mike? Uh, a little bit of drums, but I'm not really, you know, I'm not real good. I just mainly keyboards. Okay. I wish I played guitar and all that, but I can't. And sound engineer. Sound no, a engineer. guy that could give you lessons on the guitar. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I know. <laughs> I need keyboard lessons. Philip, so. Philip, <laughs> what we'll all trade. do you play? You, because... I mean, what does he not play? I'll play whatever Michelle needs me to play on a Sunday. Okay, morning. so you can play just about any instrument that you pick up. If I can, I will yes. strive to play. It. Okay. He won't say it. Yeah. But okay, yes, that's a gift, though. I mean, like that's more than just talent. Which I mean, yeah. oh, you have absolutely. To, you know, like, it's that's beyond. Just, it's yeah, it's definitely a gift. Well, Michelle and I were talking the other day about something about music, and I was asking her a question about trying to know what chords go with a certain melody line. Like mm-hmm. I'm learning some things, and and she she was we were talking about it a little bit, but she was like, Philip just totally knows this stuff. You know, she said he can just sit there and like. You know, someone might hear that you need a chord change, but Philip can go one, five, three. Pick out the number, yeah, yeah, he knows exactly. He just knows like God has put that musical gift right, in the way him. his brain works. Yeah, <laughs> so that's really fun to see when someone's in their sweet spot, well, like that. and to hear Mike play. And I yeah, mean, both I of mean, you guys. And Mike will, you know, we've had to learn thousands of thousands of songs, and it would take too long to, you know, hear a song and have to like listen to it even twice to like chart mm-hmm, it out or whatever. Mm-hmm. So be able to remember it. really it's just like, as we hear a song, you just get used to hearing progressions and you hear them and you're just, you hear the song once and you're writing your chord chart along the way. And then when you have to chart four hour sets worth of songs, 
Like you could do you it got, in four you hours find ways to get eight, fast. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it's way more detailed than I just got up here and played today. <laughs> <laughs> or sing you, today, you, or whatever yeah. it is. I mean, you know, it's thousands yeah. of hours of practice. Yes, yeah, right, hours. exactly. Mm-hmm. Especially if you if you see us playing and we're not even looking at music. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of uh, memorization or you know sure. committing to memory. And mm-hmm. and Philip, the older you get, it's harder to do. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being your age. No, <laughs> yeah. Well, and like hearing hearing y'all stories, it just reminds me that you know a lot of times from the outside, like the the audience world hears about this overnight success sure. but there aren't a lot of just bam overnight successes mm-hmm. are there like no. most musicians who make it big or kind of big they've been working hard a long they've time been they've been taking all yeah. those bad gigs they've yeah. been singing and wherever they could however they could working hard writing right. songs like yeah. it's but i think they call, they think it's an overnight success because you go from not hearing about them to hearing about them so it seems overnight to right. all of us but they have been working but hard. they have been working mm-hmm. hard absolutely yeah. and i think one of the questions i know you'll, you'll ask is like uh what's something you wish you'd known before we began yeah let's career? go ahead and do that Philip. i mean that is something it's like there is no overnight success yeah you know it's kind of like they say what it's a is it a 10 year town or something? Or no, it's not that long. It's like, it's, it's too, it's well, it's longer now. It feels like but. when I moved to town, they said, it's kind of different than what you're saying. They're, they're saying you have two years. It's a, a two year town, meaning yeah. you have two years. To if make you don't, it or if you don't get in, into the industry in two years, you're not going to get in, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. in the door. But then now that's not talking about being a, a big success. It's that not. just means like more consistent, getting gigs. your, getting your foot in the door, you know, and I went, you know, I got my foot in the door, I had, and I had a connection. If I wouldn't have had that connection, I would not be here today. Mm-hmm. I'd still be up in Indiana, right, doing yeah. nothing. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was like a main thing. Like I so knew kind of going into it, but it's like, oh my gosh, when am I going to start making more than two hundred dollars a week? Yeah. So <laughs> that that was something you wish you had kind of known, or really, I mean, people probably told you, but yeah, you didn't really I think it's know just it. The reality of it didn't sink in mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. like you know. One yeah. night it's like 4 a.m. and I'm driving this van through Texas and I'm like, <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> so. so, Mike, what is something you wish you had known when you first began your career in music? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> I wish I, I, I do when I moved to town, though. I wish I wish when I was like seven years old, someone would have taught me the Nashville number system. Because I was already doing it in my head, but I hadn't associated numbers mm-hmm. with it. And I think it would have helped me, you know, jump ahead mm-hmm. quite a bit because I learned it and I haven't mastered it by any means. I generally understand it. I learned it in like one one or two days. I mean, mm-hmm. once someone, I, you know, I already have theory. Once someone explained to me the numbers and I, I had to talk to a bunch of guys to make sure I was being explained to it correct, you know, and I, had had a good bass player uh, guy that came into the studio and he simplified it and once he showed it to me the it 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 just overnight I knew understood and I was writing charts the next day okay but I mean I'm I don't do real detailed charts but anyways if I were to learn that it would have been very helpful because right. um I don't read music that I tried learning music but I couldn't really I don't know I couldn't do it but I could have done the little chart thing <laughs> and it would have helped me because I don't, I'm to this day, I don't know when I was a teenager, how I would even remember a song. I mm-hmm. had no, I had no, I don't even know how I was doing it. Mm-hmm. It's really just muscle memory. Yeah. Right. But 
having the ability to write these quick notes, we, we just write numbers that tell us the value, where it is in the scale of that key. And uh, it's so, it's like a shortcut. Yeah. yeah. Now, I wish I would have had that a long time ago, but. Yeah. Well, I don't even know what you just said. So. I know. I'm just <laughs> talking, talking, I'm talking That's a whole other language. Sorry, isn't foreign it? language. Well, and I'm sitting here going, muscle memory? Why don't my muscles do that? <laughs> like, why won't mine just play with Anyways. I heard some somebody say that there isn't no there is no such thing as muscle memory. So I'm not sure because it's like in my brain I can see what notes I'm supposed to play. I can't make my fingers do that until I I practice the movement a bunch of times. So it has to be some sort of yes. yeah, brain muscle so. memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mine doesn't. Mine doesn't even. I don't even have that part of my brain. I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Philip, you kind of answered this like when you were driving. You said <laughs> you hated it, but does it ever become just a job? Like, I know you love music, and, like, I feel like you probably live and breathe it, and you just love it so much, but does it ever become just a job? Not not really, honest. I mean, like, I tell people, like, my other hobbies, like, I love to cook, I love to do woodworking because music's, like, a job. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't mean it in the sense of, like, I mean as, like, that's what pays my bills, but I still love doing it, yeah. which is why, like, even today, like, I'll take – the $50 gig if I'm available because I still just love, you just love to do it, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like there's been multiple times when Mike has called me. I said, I can't pay you nothing. Right. Well, it's like, just come over here and play. He's like, Hey, we're playing at, what was it? Like Amber Falls winery one day. He's like, yeah, we're just going to play like some 80 songs. I'm like, count me in. Yeah. Give me like 50 bucks. And I was happy. I I would think that would be fun in a different way though, because it's not the pressure and a full blown concert. Right. And it's a different atmosphere. So yeah, low pressure. And you're just, Playing music with your friends. Yeah. Someone asked me one time, like, what's it like being on stage? And, you know, I think we did, we did some shows where there was, there was close to, I don't know, it was over 10,000 people, maybe more. And you know, I also I could see was a, a sea of faces. Mm-hmm. And someone says, does that make you nervous? And I'm like, you know, I don't ever, I don't ever get nervous. It didn't, and actually it doesn't feel any different being on the big stage and you, than just like playing here at church sure. or mm-hmm. playing a little gig bar gig. And I thought it would, I thought it would be different. I was like, wow, you know, and I remember my first real gig playing with Ronnie Dunn and it's being filmed. There's cameras there. And I wasn't nervous at all. And, and I, after the show, there was even guys who was like, why are you, why aren't you nervous? But it, it's cause I'm like, it doesn't feel any different. There's just more people here. Yeah. And I, you would think, on, you know, I thought it would feel different. I mean, I mean, even being a musician and doing this stuff, I would had in my mind this euphoria. Oh, it's going to be this and that. And I'm, as I'm playing, I'm going, this is exactly like it feels when I'm just practicing in my mm-hmm. house to mm-hmm. the record. It's like, but I'm actually doing it. I'm looking around. I'm actually, that guy's singing. <laughs> but it feels like I was practicing to yeah. the, the MP, you know, the MP3 yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Can you guys listen to music that you're not playing and just enjoy the the whole experience of the music, or yeah. are Do you, you critique hon- not even critiquing and or just honing in on a certain instrument? Or can you just sit back and enjoy the full view? I enjoy the music, not but I never <laughs> listen to like lyrics. And mm-hmm. Michelle would yeah, I'm you know, say that she's like, how do you not know the words? Or I don't, hear and any I'm like, because I'm listening to. Like, I guess it is critiquing or whatever, but I'm like, oh, the drummer's doing that. That's kind of cool. Oh, the bass player's playing that. I like that. Oh, I don't like what the guitar player's playing or whatever, but I'm I like. I can't even tell you what instruments are on. In <laughs> yeah. the, I'm like, there were no drums today. Yeah. There weren't. I didn't notice. <laughs> 
Well, Mike probably listens yeah. to like the way the song was recorded more. Like, <clears throat> oh, the, yeah, they have this, these drum sounds, which you know, it's a whole nother. I, yeah, realm of well, things. him and I are, are similar because we're part of like what they call part of the rhythm section, mm-hmm. and I've always had this problem my whole life. I I'm the same way. I don't even hear, I don't even hear the person singing. I'm hearing, I'm I'm listening to the bass player's mm-hmm. bass, and mm-hmm. I'm wondering. At a young age, I always would listen to stuff. Not j- I would enjoy it as a whole, but at mm-hmm. the same time, I would always listen to the details and go, "Why did the bass player play that? Right. Why? Why did he decide to play? Th- I like that, but what made him do that?" Totally. And, and then I'm like, "Is he doing that because the drummer played that, or is the drummer doing that?" Cause, you know, and all these questions would go off in my mind. And uh, and it's, so yeah, when we hear songs, we're instantly picking it apart but mm-hmm. we're still enjoying it i mean sure. we're, we probably aren't going to listen to something unless we enjoy it right you know and um i've gone to extremes where i'm overly focusing on something and going something's wrong there but I'm, but i've learned now because i do all doing mixing stuff i learned a way to I'm going to listen to this how the average non-musician is going to listen to it. The average person. The average person. Because you have to be able to do both. I'm below average. You have to, when you're working on it, when you're working on a song, you have to care about the details. But then once you get everything there, then you have to sit back and go, now how is most people going to listen to this? Right. And try to see the whole picture. And then that's where you decide you you have to give the audience the main thing that takes them through the song, you know, so you can't put all the little details you thought were great. You, that can't be in the forefront. So yeah, there's two ways you got to look at stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would think when you know all the work in it that goes into it, you would appreciate it more because mm-hmm. you guys obviously know all of the work that it takes to make a song, a song, you know? And so I think you appreciate it more when you can sit oh, and yeah. hear all of it. Totally. So I just, I do pay attention to the lyrics, yeah. Philip, because that's about the only sound <laughs> I can tell. Like, I, I, I never know the lyrics. <laughs> even if you if you printed them out and I'm reading them, I wouldn't even know what song it was yeah. for. It, it, it It's funny. Like, it, you know, I just don't hear the lyrics. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, Michelle's, real, Michelle's yeah. like been occasionally asking me to sing lately. And, like, <laughs> there's songs we've been playing for years. And, she's, and, like, we'll be singing at the house just practicing. She's like, how do you not know the words <laughs> of this song? I'm like... I just don't listen to it. I don't know, but I can tell you what chord and yeah, where the like, changes. I, could, yeah. I could do whatever. But I hear maybe vowels, vowels yeah. and notes that go by, but I don't huh. actually know what they're saying. So yeah, it's funny. Sometimes when I start reading the lyrics, I'm like, wow, it says that. Wow. wow. That's, That's a great song. That's yeah. a great song. <laughs> great message. Oh. Wow, all this time I had no idea. Yeah. Um, so what is one common myth about your profession that you want to debunk? It's all true. It's, it's all, all true. true. It Everything about I, it. The more I'm into it, the more I'm like, wow, this stuff is true. And I, I, I don't know what examples to give it, but I, I've, I've had people I've met that either toured with Elvis or were really good friends with someone who toured with Elvis, and they'll tell me stories that is so out there, but it's true. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. And then I've heard the account by different people, the same account, and I'm like, it's so out there that you'd think it was a scripted HBO show. Um, yeah sitcom or something mm-hmm. and so i don't know what what myths do i want to debunk i, well, I, I would have to present me with something yeah. that, that <laughs> i'll try to debunk it but <laughs> it's just the more i find out it's like you can't make this stuff up yeah is it like the the mantra a lot of people say you can't make this stuff up yeah yeah well i'll say like with that uh and it could be different mm-hmm. and like i know like ronnie duns and brooks and brooks and duns crew they've been doing this a while 
mm-hmm. but like modern day touring, like yeah. a lot of the tours we're on, like if you are partying like crazy, like you'll be asked to leave. If, yes. Like, okay. No this hard drugs now. on the bus. Like, like okay. there's not like the crazy after parties, like nobody's sneaking. Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. And I will say like, it does, <laughs> but it did. like there are certain <laughs> camps or bands or artists <laughs> that will allow this, but like there's no one sneaking girls backstage because it's or, work because it's right. it's actually I mean, a job it's like it the level work. of professionalism backstage on like a major tour it's like if you're messing around at all like you will get called at called out on or like punished or like asked to leave if it's that bad okay so oh yeah like, they'll fire you like yeah i've heard stories where people get out of line they kick them off the bus i mean yeah. they just get out well, that, I mean, home. that's a huge myth because I, I mean, I think most people think it's just one big party and one big good time, and they yeah. don't, they don't think about the level of professionalism oh, yeah. that goes like, with it. Our sound check, it's like you some days only get like twenty five minutes, and it's like if you're late to that, like yeah, you're in trouble. Oh, you're yeah. like you're you're gone. And then beyond that, like if Carly Pierce's sound check goes beyond that twenty five minutes, then our whole camp is in trouble. And then the whole tour is behind for their sound check. The okay. show's delayed. And then they like, don't get asked to come back. Right. Yeah. Which then is you, a big deal because that's, yeah. you know, a lot of our tours are 40 shows a year. Yeah. And then it's, you know. So this idea of lazy musicians that sleep into the last minute and rarely show up and they don't work yeah. hard and they party they all the time. That was the they se- are out there. They are out there. That was the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> but she, yeah. You won't be hired by our camp if you're like that. Yeah, that's I got gotcha. sure. you. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, so what are some challenges you face or have faced in your profession specifically as a Christian or even otherwise? Just what do you think? Probably just the for me, um and and the, and again, the partying doesn't go on like it I always hear stories of how right. it used to be. When I got in it was all cleaned up, but even still there's there's a lot of pressure to to drink and and I've been on tours with other people and and the, the crew after the show they they drink so much they're they're out of their they're out of their mind. Mike, why don't you tell they're, them what your nickname the, is? <laughs> my nickname is Juice. Oh. And why is it why is it Juice? <laughs> well, cuz I cuz I don't drink. <laughs> and I'm like standing there, they're all drinking their hard stuff and I'm I'm drinking like a fruit uh, you know, whatever. Like a virgin coffee, high, 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 like sea, high yeah. C or something. And then uh, someone one of the guys trying to mock me called me Juice. He says, hey, Juice, why don't you get me a juice? And um, Ronnie Dunn overhears this and goes, Juice, I like that. <laughs> I like Juice. We'll call him Juice. <laughs> no, but, yeah, there's a lot of pressure to, you know, d- you know, drink or, you know, do a shot and this and that. And um, you know, I just I wasn't brought up that way. I just don't yeah. do that. And um, mm-hmm. But everyone, I, I just didn't do it. But there, there's a lot of that pressure. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the people that I'm on tour with, they're, you know, they do one drink and they're fine. They don't just keep going on. But I have seen where uh, some crew guys or whatever, it, it gets out of hand where it's like if we're not doing a show, they're, boom, they're sitting there in the bar. And yeah, and they, then they get so, they get so. Wasted. They're so gone <laughs> that someone, ha- they have to call management and get someone there to escort them to yeah. a room and this mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like, I'm you know, not doing that. So, yeah, that that's one pressure. But it's not as bad as it probably used to be. In fact, you know, a lot of the people that I'm with now, they just don't even, they're like, I don't do that. No one does anything anymore. It's like, yeah. really, yeah. like he's saying, really clean. Everyone's worrying about their health now. They're like, right. yeah, do, do we have any water? You know. Yeah. Well, and I think that's in other professions too. Like I just know being in healthcare when people go out 
after work or they go to hang out on the weekends, like a lot of times drinking's involved and, mm-hmm. and there's, there is some of that pressure. And I think a lot of other professions would say the same thing that there's the pressure to fit in would be to, you know, and some people in every crowd they do always, take it to excess. You well, know? I don't have that in my profession. Oh, I good. don't have I'm that problem with my coworkers. <laughs> no one's inviting ever. me out I never, I never had to the bar afterwards. I never had that pressure. <laughs> We've all been job. to the staff <laughs> Christmas party. We know it goes down. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's a lot right. of sugar, but yeah. no alcohol. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's funny. That's my only addiction is sugar. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's just such a great thing to point out, Mike, because I'm thinking, as you're telling that story, I'm thinking about even just teenagers in high school who deal with that pressure, you know, and here you are. Not not well. in high school and on a professional <laughs> route, you know, but like, but you're still taking that stand. It's yeah. not it's not because it's a big boy drink and I'm waiting till I'm old enough to drink. It's like, no, this is no, who I am and, and this is the line I've drawn. And there was a few people that they couldn't understand why I didn't want to drink, and then they 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 were they really tried to undermine me and embarrass mm-hmm. me for all. But but then it turned around. They actually had huge respect yes, for me, and sure. I, and I am really good friends with these people now and they, and they still this day they're like really respect man that you awesome. you didn't yeah. fall into that mm-hmm. they said i've i've had so many friends that caved into the pressure and they said including myself and and then you know got myself into big trouble yeah. and and they just thought that was great i just like nope not yeah. gonna do it that's yeah awesome. that's great but, you know and but yeah now we got the respect none of you know and it, I don't know. So maybe that was a good influence. I don't know. That yeah, sounds like it. that sounds like it. So, Philip, any challenges that you want to share? Uh, main challenge is there are a lot of like non-believers yeah. in yes. that mm-hmm. industry. Yeah. Um, but it's a challenge that I like. Yeah, I think I would prefer because like I think there's only two, maybe three Christians in our band okay. and our whole touring. So mm-hmm. uh, especially like the last two years yeah. like Christians have just been you know kind of put as kids would say on blast right now so uh we'll just be watching the news and they'll be like oh my gosh and you know news is always accurate right so mm-hmm. they're just like oh man Christians do this Christians do that and sometimes I'll just look at them like you really think I'm like that or you know what I mean right they're like no, not at all. I'm like, then we're not all like that. You <laughs> know what right. I mean? so. That's yeah. great. That's you great. get to be the positive influence, yeah. even even with such a negative media presence about what yeah. Christians can be or yeah. whatever. So. And I kind of like being, and I'll tell them that all the time. Like, you guys can ask me anything. I want to debunk anything or whatever. Right. So let me be like your your token Christian friend who can (laughs) that's great tell you things about it and you know we have a lot of good conversations uh, a lot of bad conversations but hey like you know we're only better because having these conversations we have a good time one thing I think to note is everyone that I've talked to that's really been against Christians or church or whatever is because they had a bad experience with Mm -hmm. a what I would call a fake church or That's fake true. christian or Very true. televangelist this and that so i mean i guess we as christians we gotta we gotta represent better mm-hmm. we gotta yes. be aware of that and i mean that's you know that, that goes for any anything you do in life yeah that's true powerful yeah absolutely all right so we'll wrap up with this question where are you currently experiencing god's grace in your life or where are you seeing him currently working in your life professional or otherwise um, I mean, just like this whole past year, um, today is the 15th. So two days ago was my one year anniversary of like the last show before mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. shut down. And 
just like the whole last year, I just kind of saw how God has taken care of me financially yeah. and mentally and physically and just like where like um, where he's provided. Right. Just because like especially Grace Church, like they've taken me on as like a part time worker, which has helped a lot. And I've been able to invest more time into the church, mm -hmm. which has been really fun. Just getting yes. to know people more and. I'm not just Michelle's husband anymore. I'm Philip. Yeah, <laughs> we've loved having more so, of you. I yeah. know. I know that it was difficult to transition. Yeah. Um, but we've loved having. Yeah. Having more well, of you. Thank you. It's been really. That's been like honestly a huge part. It's just like being able to work with like Pam more in the food pantry a lot more, right. and like helping with the podcast, getting it set up, and like yeah. the stage renovation and redoing the offices. Like I'm. It's just always changing, and I love that. Yeah. So it's yeah. been cool. Just right. to invest in more people's lives. Cool. What about you, Mike? Ditto. <laughs> Ditto? Ditto. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so this whole year, just learning that God provides, mm -hmm. really. And uh, and also, when you know, when I'm out on tour, it's like I'm kind of in a, always a mindful state of prayer. And, and, and it's always amazing. You know, people call it luck or whatever, but it's like God is always in control of what's happening. And sure. I, and, I, and I don't know why. I haven't figured all this stuff out yet, but it's like, and everyone's like, man, you're so, you got so much favor or this and that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, you know, I've, I've, I've had the, I, ha I keep these little notes on what I call uh, tour miracles. And they're, they're little things. They're, they're stupid, you know, that but they're not cool. real stupid. But, you know, things like, you know, you get on American Airlines and they're supposed to charge you for every piece of luggage. Right. And um, the last year I was on tour, 2019, not once did I get charged wow. for some reason. Mm. Yeah. And then I would get into the, I was not signed up at, for the TSA uh, line, which gets you through without even going through x-rays. A bunch of times it was just printed on my, <laughs> yeah. on my uh, ticket. Yeah. And I didn't sign up. I didn't ask for it. And it was there. And yeah. it was like, Everyone else was having all these hassles. I'm walking right through. And everyone's going, the juice. <laughs> and they go, they're like, how's the juice getting? Oh, it's the juice. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. To me, that was just like telling me God's in control. Right. You know. Constant he's handled, reminder. He's handling things. And, and then through this, this thing, you know, this shutdown and we're not working. It's like, I'm like, I'm still you know, work's coming to me somehow. Mm -hmm. you right. know, we're not working at all. I didn't, haven't done, really didn't do one show last year yeah. at mm -hmm. all. Not one. I did one week of rehearsals and yet still made it through the year without panicking, you know? Yes. That's good. Yes. No panic, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes we have to go through some difficult situations to see that God really is going to provide. God, yes. Right. Yeah. Totally. And that's the trick is you got to, you know, we're going to go through rough things, but you got to, you got to first trust God because if you don't, I mean, you know, I see a lot of guys on tour that like Phil was saying, they're not, they're not Christians or maybe they're, they've gone as far as claim, you know, proclaim they're atheists. And I always notice they're like walking curses. Mm. Bad things happen to their equipment. Bad things happen to them. They get stopped in the security line. This just one thing after another, and it all piles up and they're just very angry. Mm. It's because mm -hmm. it's like you've rejected God. Oh. Yeah. And the ones that have, I've met, you know, and some of these are world-class musicians, but I know they're, they're born again and they're believers. Mm -hmm. And just like me, everything works out. <laughs> yeah. God's, there's something to be said for God's favor you know, in your they life. Still have, they still have, they still have stress and they're still going to have problems, but 
they have peace. Yeah. And they can walk through these trials like as if n- it was not a big deal. Yeah. And um, I don't know. That's that's how I see God working. It's it's yeah. like subtle, but you know you're aware of it. So awesome. That's good stuff. All right. Well, thank you both it. so much for being here. It was like it was like a sermon almost. That, that was, was good. Like, I, I was loved I it. Preach, wait, was I preaching? <laughs> that was Hold on, Reverend Michael. Oh, uh, if you turn in your uh, turn in your books well thanks for having us (laughs) thank you both for being here podcast listeners thank you so much for tuning in and remember in a few weeks we're going to be hearing from testimonies from some of our people all every week during summer sometimes more than once a week just remember god's grace is sufficient for you